Greetings. This is the Sex Ed Book Review Podcast, the podcast where we read sex ed books before you, tell you all about them so you can decide if it's right for you and those that you care about. Content warning, there is discussions of sexuality, sexual health, and bodies. And I am Landa Fox. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a board-certified behavior analyst and sexual health educator in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Cool. Hi, Landa. I'm Barb Gross. I am a board-certified behavior analyst, also an ASEX-certified sexuality educator, um, living and working in St. Louis, Missouri in the United States, and my pronouns are she, her. You had a really good pause in between your first and last name today, Barb Gross, and it was like, Barb, <laughs> gross. It's, I mean, it goes with it. Also, I'm you know, recovering from illness right now, so... Yeah, talking that's and breathing. The, that's or... the segue I was trying to make. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> Phenomenal. All right. Talk about yeah. stuff. I'm going to be quiet today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about a book today. As ever, this is one resource and one way to teach a concept. There's lots of ways to teach and we're here to help people get started. Um, but today is a very special guest episode with two guests. Um, and the book that we're going to talk about is Vaginas and Periods 101, a pop-up book that was independently published through Sex Ed Talk LLC Publishers after a successful Kickstarter campaign. Uh, folks can find the book at sexedtalk.com slash pop-up. Um, it's a fun, brief, accurate, educational book exploring the basics of what everyone needs to know about vaginas and periods. And our guests today are Kristen Lilla, who uses she, they pronouns, the only ASEC certified sex therapist and sexuality educator in the states of Nebraska and works in the states of Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois. She won the 2020 ASEC Sexuality Educator of the Year Award and has also published um, the book Boxes and How We Fill Them, A Basic Guide to Sexual Awareness. And the co-author of the book, um, Christian Hoger, I forgot to ask you how to spell this, uh, pronounce Hager. your last name, Hager, <laughs> so close, uh, whose pronouns are she and her, uh, who is a mental health therapist and sex educator in Omaha, Nebraska, as a master's degree in education and psychological counseling from Columbia University and works full-time in private practice teaching sex ed. Thank you both for being here and welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, we're excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Barb and I have just like easy to pronounce last names and then I forget that I often need to like check in with people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Hoger should be right. It's There's an O there. Some <laughs> sort of, you know, over on the boat should be an umlaut. I don't know. Exactly, <laughs> right, right, right. That's what's missing. I was like, that's what's that's missing. Yeah, the, the umlaut. I just figured out how to put umlauts in text by holding down the key on my keyboard, and I felt like, well, I'm 40. That seems like a good enough well, time of life. I still don't know how to do that. that. So good either. for you. Yeah. <laughs> We're not quite 40 yet. I've got I've got like four months to figure it out. So. Uh, all right. So we usually kick off with um, a description of the cover of the book. So Ooh. I've got mine here, um, and I would love if you could just describe what it looks like for folks. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. So we've got, so Vaginas and Periods 101 is in this really cool bubble letters that 
credit to Sarah M. Lyons. She is um, a muralist and artist that is based out of California. Um, and one of her signature things is her own text. So she's done some really cool stuff. And so, yeah, it's these the really pretty bubble letters in blue. Mm -hmm. And then it's in like a pink blob. <laughs> it's in a pink blob. Yeah. Back, that's the yeah. background. Mm -hmm. And the reason we selected those colors, mm -hmm. um, I guess stereotypically, like, boy, girl, ugh. Um, the reason we selected those colors was that pink, blue, white are the colors of the trans flag. And we wanted this book to be inclusive. So I think not a lot of people are aware that that was a very intentional choice on our end. Mm -hmm. um, but that is that is the colors. And then we figured for the trans community, they would recognize it. And um, we'll get into this later, but there's actually no pronouns or uh, gendering in the entire book. And that was extremely intentional. Um, so that's why we wanted to kind of create on the front that um, it would kind of speak to a community that, you know, they would know what it meant. So. And then the background is a motif mm -hmm. of little menstrual products. And so you've got purple. little, it's yeah. purple. Yes. There's little, there's little tiny tampons and little pads and little underwear, reusable underwear and little menstrual cups. And there's, I think they're cute. They're cute little vulvas. <laughs> they don't have to be cute. You describe your vulva however you want. That's true. But um, yeah, so there's a little motif on the background and that's that's on the front and mm -hmm. goes on the front and the back cover and on the spine. Yep. Nice. And then on the back cover, which I just think is fun, is then we have six characters um, and different. Again, Sarah did an amazing job, um, you know, and tried to as get as... You know, again, one of those things when we look back at it, there's maybe a few more diversity things that we would have done, but, you know, at least different body shapes and, you know. People of different uh, races. Yeah. And and different heights. Non-binary. And um, as we were doing the book in order to be able to talk about it, we ended up naming all the characters, even though there's no names in the book. Yeah. But like we just named them so that way we could keep track of them, which was kind of fun. But they were really just named after people we knew. It yeah. wasn't anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah. I love that um, motif. That's excellent. Bar, if any people that listen to episodes of the podcast know that often Barb and I try to describe things that in books with, and we just like have no, we have no idea to, like, what the, the world are. of art and like graphic design and development. Well, we can all so. thank Sarah for that because yeah. we didn't know that word either <laughs> until yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's sort of like um, the next question that I wanted to ask was just, I guess, like the inspiration for the mm. book and and sort of the process of writing it, which may be like a big question. And then, um, the, yeah. <laughs> which was quite the process and to get it from thought to, to mm -hmm. book published, especially self-publishing, I imagine is like quite the journey. Uh -huh. um, and then, and you've already sort of mentioned, you know, how important Sarah's work is in it, but anything else about uh, working with them and, and, and sort of how that kind of helped yeah. the book develop. That's a lot of it's yeah, there's great a questions. Lot. Um, I think the best place to start is when we were working together at it's called Girls Inc. Um, they're a national kind of after school program. They've um, got affiliates in Canada. They do too. actually. Yeah. Um, but so shout out to Girls Inc. of Omaha. We were both working there. Um, and somebody sent us their book um about periods, and in the book was lots of like make sure you 
have a sweater with you that you can tie around your waist and keep your oops bag with you. And all, all of it was like hiding it, you know, not talking about, I mean, it was just it was, like, it was very shame based. It was very shame based. And they wanted us to write a review and we were like, uh, no, they wanted us to buy the book. They wanted us oh, to buy like 50 copies. Yeah. Of it. And we were like, we're not going to do no, that. And they no. were like, what do you mean? Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's shaming. We're not, yeah. we, I mean, we can't deliver that message to our young people here. Right. It's, and it was like ages five to 18 that we were working with. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't, we can't talk, we can't do that. Yeah. Um. We can come up with better stuff. And so we were doing our own sex ed lesson plans and teaching menstruation. Um, and, and I, we had the great yeah. benefit again of, um, we we're very fortunate in the Omaha community to have some really great, you know, um, donator, Don- yeah, yeah, donors, donors and stuff. And so we had, Kristen had a whole classroom that was just filled with models and models and, you know, things that we could touch and, you know, um, that the kids could all play with and, you know, just really destigmatizing lots of stuff. And so, yeah, started with getting a book we really didn't like. Uh-huh. And then realizing well, the more we thought of it, there's some good books out there, but none of the book that we were looking for. And then we kind of just dawned on us then, well, I guess we could write a book. <laughs> and um, we were, and we would hand around, like part of our lesson plan was handing around, again, these products. So we'd hand around period panties. We'd hand around different kinds of brands of tampons and different pads and um, and so especially like that third through fifth grade, just love, love initially, they were kind of like timid at first, but then they'd be like, this is so, you know, can I have one? Can I bring one home with me? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, so part of the inspiration was how do we put that lesson plan and make our own book and, and putting the two together. And so, especially cause we're not as a parent myself, right? Like I'm not going to go out and buy 15 different products. My kitchen can just play for an experiment. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it adds up pretty quickly. And so we were or like, buy a model of a vulva. And we had this yeah. like plush, I don't know if it's in here, mm. but it's this like pillow plush vulva. Have you guys seen this? I can't yeah. remember. Who it is Dory, Dory Lane. Yeah. Dory Lane. Oh yeah. Them. They're fantastic. But again, it's like ours was purple velvet, you know? And again, it's like initially intimidating or the girl, you know, the kids all are like, Oh, I don't want to touch it. But then very quickly because it's this purple pillow that <laughs> everybody starts touching it and playing with it. And we just realized how much that like being able to touch and destigmatize the products, the, you know, whatever, and make it fun, just changed their ability to learn. And mm. so basically we tried to figure out how do we turn this lesson plan, this class that we teach into a book. And and to be honest, some of this started as a joke. We we're like, "Well, we should write a pop up book." You yeah. know? Like <laughs> the bunny touch and feel book was the big thing we used to talk about. You know, remember Pat the bunny? Pat the bunny. Yeah, yeah, it's Absolutely. totally got a touch and feel vibe to it. <laughs> yeah. The book. Yeah, and I know. So initially, we were hoping to make this um, a touch and feel, touching like a silicone menstrual cup, touching, and we we'll make the long story short that turns out that's very expensive to do and we had some folks the book would be like a hundred dollars per person yeah you I, mean, know it, I mean it wasn't feasible to do unfortunately but um so yeah so we I mean again it kind of started as a joke and then we participated and co-chaired and helped were planners for the national sex education conference for a, we had different roles over the years but we participated quite a bit and 
I'll let Christian tell the rest of the story, but we <laughs> had an opportunity in 2017 oh, or 18 because yeah time no one remembers i'm sure it was 2017 so many years ago many mm-hmm. years ago, there was an opportunity i was co-chairing the conference and they were doing something called sex ed tank similar to shark tank where you mm-hmm. pitch your sex ed ideas and so christian had to be the pitcher because i was on the committee but committee yeah. and that would have been kind of biased so go ahead well i mean so <laughs> you know Kristen is definitely our She's the one that gets us going and I'm the one that, you know, you know, calms us down. But needless to say, she's like, it's happening. So we're going to do the book. I was like, oh, okay. All right. And we're literally, you know, drawing stick figures and, you know, computer paper. But uh, yeah, we put up together a whole thing and we're presenting, you know, going to be presented that night. And I got food poisoning and was like, so down for the count. I don't even, you know, like it was so bad. But I just like, and Kristen still couldn't present it. Though. She's like, you're going to have to do it. And I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. I'm I'm a co-chair of the conference. How <laughs> that's going to look good. I can't. So luckily they <laughs> together. Yeah. Basically told me to pull it together and uh, they moved me around so I could go first basically. And I rallied for 15 minutes on stage and then immediately went back to my hotel room and we won. So yeah, yeah, we we tied with someone. And so the short story of that was honestly what we ended up winning. Um, There was some lack of follow through on the prize package. And so in some ways we didn't actually win anything except for some motivation, but (laughs) that motivation is what, you know, kind of, so we, your next question, like how we kind of found Sarah and also how we found our pop-up folks, right? Because we Googled that. Who how, who makes pop-up books? Um, wonderful. These wonderful people, these wonderful British folks, um, Allison and Ian in um, in England. The papersmiths. The papersmiths. They're fantastic. They're, they really are. And, um, and Sarah, so there was a local store in Omaha and Sarah had sold some of her pins there and she had this pe- penis and a vagina geode pin. And I had looked up, so I was like, oh, well, at least we know she's, you know, sex friendly. And so mm-hmm. I looked up some of her other artwork and some of her characters and it was, we were like, this is really cool. And so <laughs> we really liked that she, it's very colorful yep. Um, and it's it definitely, it's cartoon, but realistic. And that was a really important thing to us is how do we find this balance between young and approachable, but you know, we wanted it to Fun, be accurate, real. you know, in, yeah, in yeah. depiction of what, you know, people were seeing. So, so we reached out to her and said, you know, Hey, we got literally, we have no money. No. We have no anything. Would you want to do this project with us? We'll pay you someday. Um, and she was like, sure. Yeah. We had no idea how cool Sarah was. She's <laughs> done. She's worked with like urban outfitters and eBay and urban decay makeup and LOL dolls recently, yeah. and just opened her own store in Palm Springs. And is so much cooler than we'll ever be. Um, but like took a gamble on us and and I will, we have paid her money yes, um, just yes, to be clear. Have. We have followed through on this, but, but I mean, she really invested um, her, her faith in this process yeah. that we were yeah. going to like follow through right. <laughs> and really took what was literally stick figures yeah. on, uh, you know, computer paper that we then, you know, sent her images of our, you know, mm. here's a stick figure over here who says this and, a, you know, our little depiction of vulvas and things. And she turned it into a very real thing, which is just amazing. So, yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, we'll definitely link to some of, of our artwork. I just was like scrolling through her Instagram when you were 
um, mentioning. It's just like, yeah, very bright and just like, Ooh, mm-hmm. this all looks another thing that happens often on the podcast is Barb and I just then like spend a bunch of money on like pins so and books yeah. and t-shirts Shirts. like after we have somebody on or look at their artwork. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. So many like coffee mugs. That's and awesome. She yeah. made pins for us as well that we had as part of our, and we still have them. Yeah. So people are interested in them. It's but part yeah. of our Kickstarter um, or Indiegogo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. They're great. Um, maybe um, just giving giving us, um, like you've described some of the characters and some of the like pop-up um, elements. So maybe um, a brief description of just like the general layout of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll like show, maybe people I can't hear, but. Like yeah. the first page is like the vulva pop-up. Bam, it's the pop-up. It's yeah, the pop-up. bam, um, there it is. It's so yeah. great. We, you know, some of this, again, given <laughs> pop-up books are just so expensive. We had yeah. no idea. And I've said this so many times. Had we known, I I, I am too type A, I would not have done this project. She's lying. She no, I wouldn't have. It was so expensive. <laughs> And it was stressful, honestly. I mean, it, it was, was stressful. And yeah. I we're way on the other side of it now that like I'm so glad we did. But um, but even as we mentioned, like the the cost of trying to make changes and stuff is just not feasible. So the point of that tangent was that the book is short, sweet, and to the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like it kind of cuts to the chase. It's very factual. I mean, the characters ask questions and make comments, but don't necessarily, you know, have lots of feelings and emotions throughout because short sweet and to the point so yeah um, so yeah so we start with just doing the pop-up and some of that is let's cover our basic anatomy so we do the external anatomy and then the next page we do some of our internal anatomy yep and then we do a little more internal anatomy with what what um this was actually i think the papersmith's idea to do the mini book yeah, there's like a mini book within the book that describes the different phases. Um, now, here's something that doctors who read our book yes. do not like yes. about what we did, which is that we actually start with the um, the follicular phase, which is when the egg is released from the ovary. But in you know the medical community, you start the phases based on the period like Mm -hmm. the menstrual cycle cycle, and then you go through but when you're teaching that that just isn't a logical you know for you know kids who are trying to figure out why do I bleed at some point why would we start there so yeah anyway so we've we've had some doctors who have pretty much flat out told us they can't use our book because we don't do it in the right order but I think for teaching purposes starting with the egg being released and what is happening to the uterus and why there is this, you know, growing, you know, the lining that is happening. And then, so anyways, just so you know, there's that part. But one of the fun parts in the mini book is then we have a little wheel to turn the wheel that shows the egg leaving the ovary and going down the fallopian tube. And in some ways, more than the pop-up book, people are like yeah. so excited about the wheel. There was some real nostalgia for me with that turning oh, the wheel of like, I, I remember that. a few other books from when I was little with that. I was like, just thrilled. Yeah, yeah that's a, that one's a fun page. Yeah. So again, already with the pop-up and then the wheel, we are trying to, right, we want to be able to touch, yep. we interact with it because we know that children learn better when they have a something to interact with, right? Mm. So. so then we move to 
types of menstrual products. So we did external products first. So we did disposable pads and reusable pads and then period underwear. Mm -hmm. And then we do internal options. So we cover our tampon and the tampon's got a little string hanging out. Mm -hmm. And that one's just a fun little, yeah, you can just touch the string. Um, Again, we wanted to do something a little more, but it seemed for the age group, it seemed maybe too much to have it pull in and out of a vagina mm. in addition the cost right of yeah. trying to do another pop-up element but so. one of the ways we kind of solved that one which i was really happy about if you go to mm. the we have a picture though of one of our characters and there's kind of a you know bubble into her body um and then we can see where the tampon is within the vagina but again this is one of those things when you're doing for kids is how do we be as accurate as possible without moving as you know you don't want to get you know dinged for being too sexual or something like that but um Mm -hmm. obviously that's a thing that comes up all the time when you're working when you're teaching is well isn't it going to get lost and so having this actual picture of where the tampon ends and where the cervix is um I just think is I, yeah. I was really happy with the way that one turned out. Yeah. So. And that character is asking that question, which I thought was like a, a highlight. Like, I'm, yeah. again, I try to like rack my brain about like other period books and, and whether some of them say, like address that question. And lots of them don't. Mm-mm. Right. And yeah. we made sure, right. Cause even the response, the tampon can't get past the cervix is something that they had learned earlier in the book. So, right. We try to recycle some of the information as we're going to. So then we move on to, you've got a menstrual cup and a sea sponge, uh, and we did our best, you know, to try accurately to put it a, approximate size of what that looks like mm-hmm. too. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even say, I guess, on the when you have the the disposable pads, right? It's got the little the little wings. Yeah. Yeah, little right. flap yeah. wings, like kind of like wing. a yeah, like the like that you would pull them from behind and like you'd find yeah. like a di- you'd find like a dinosaur or like a dog <laughs> behind a bush and like another <laughs> another kid. I know book. maybe we should open it. There'd be blood on that. Maybe if we never know what you'll find. Yeah. <laughs> and then honestly, I think the next page has been one of the most important pages in the book, and that is based on feedback, not on personal opinion, but just a variety of different vulvas. We um, call it our vulva diversity page. Yep. And we actually have vulva diversity posters, if you guys are interested. Uh, yeah. That mm-hmm. is just a, a poster um, that, again, was part of our Indigo, but we still have some of them of, you know, that's repeated. Um, yeah. Our it's a, it's motif. It's a, motif. It's, it's a fun. vulva diversity motif. Yeah. Um, but they all <laughs> look different and they're all different colors and... Then there's a little mirror that just says, you know, grab a mirror and draw your own. And we've gotten some really interesting feedback on that. Sometimes it's like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Like, no one ever, like, told me to look or normalize that. Or my kid grabbed it and just, you know, had so much fun with it. And other people that are like, why would you do that? And the na- the naysayers. Right. Right. <laughs> but again, the mirror is is from like the kid's book. So it's, yeah. you know, it's not a great mirror when no, it comes it's down not. to it, but it is it's this fun. idea of adding the thought to the child's head that they could and can look, you know, um, I am a mother of twin penis owners and the amount of time my children spend looking and seeing their penises is crazy, but you know, like <laughs> I, but you I can, had heard that this yeah. was a thing and I had no idea, but you know, <laughs> it's not something that then little, you know, Balva owners 
it's it's just not the same. It's not out there. They don't see it all the time. And so just creating earlier on that this is something that they can look at and know and understand. But again, the vulva diversity page was one, making sure that it was different colors, not symmetrical, mm-hmm. um, because every poster we had, even in our classroom, was always that, you know, white person with just the most symmetrical, you know, Volvo you've ever mm-hmm. seen in your entire life. And it's just completely unrealistic. And the thing it says at the top, which I think is important, because this is how we would talk to our kids, you know, in the class, we'd say, all right, I want everybody to look around. Does everybody in here have eyes? Does everybody in here have nose? Does everybody in here have a mouth? Does anybody's face look the same as anybody else's in this room? And they would like, oh, and they're like, so why would we expect any of your other body parts to look the same as the person sitting across from you? And you would just see this like moment of relief and like understanding that like, oh yeah, my vulva is going to be just as diverse as my face is. So, and we had- that's part of the beginning of the book is just normalizing this, that we just had so many teens in particular that there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I'm not going to check to find out, but my guess is there's probably nothing wrong with you. right? And being able to have this conversation, like Christian said, the light bulbs kind of go off. Yeah. So, yeah. So then the next page, we just talk about different um, one. I mean, how do you clean your vagina? Essentially that you don't need to put soap inside of you. um, Cause ow, uh, and then we talk about just the different colors of throughout your cycle, right? And that there is, um, you know, sticky goo that comes out of your, you know, cervical mucus, right? There is cervical mucus that comes out even when you're not menstruating. And so normalizing don't have that. infection. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that there's nothing wrong with you, right? Like mm-hmm. your vagina is a self-cleaning thing, you know, and so it's supposed to have dis- discharge, right? We did yeah. not use the word discharge in the book because- there were some people who had really strong feelings about that word and that it can be um, have a negative connotation and so be opted for cervical mucus, which mm-hmm. was accurate, is yeah. accurate. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. the very last page is, well, almost the last page, right? All the characters just kind of do a summary of like, here's what I learned throughout the book, um, a recap. And then the very last page, right? We've got resources, some for, some for youth, some for adults, and then bios for Christian and Sarah and myself. And that's it. Again, that's it. short, sweet to the point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> it does cover a lot. Yeah. It's amazing what can be covered in a book. And then like you said, like you, you're kind of like, oh, we could have done this. You could have, it gets kind of unwieldy at a while. It does. Um, and some you... of the feedback too is I think the conversation is that it opens, right? I mean, that's been one we've heard from a lot of parents, like, you know, it's a starter. It's a primer. Oh, we just picked, we just looked, we just read this one page and then we end up having this big conversation about this. And, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I think some of this does go back to parents, right. That like have these conversations. You're not, you're not going to learn everything from a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's, we usually say that too, like reviewing books, right. Is that like, there isn't like a book that is going to cover everything that you need to know, <laughs> but they're like a really great and like safe feeling familiar conversation starter for lots of people. Right. Exactly. Um, And so that's really great. You mentioned a few times, like the, like the classes that you did were sort of like teens or like what age group would you say, like you're targeting the book at, like sometimes Barb and I will talk about, you know, making sure that people have access to information like well before they need it. We thought we were targeting a book for like, I don't know, eight to 12 year olds. So like fourth, fifth, sixth, and then um, we made the book and it turns out we wrote a book for like two to five year olds and had no idea. <laughs> so I think, 
we've had so many parents tell and that wasn't our advertising that was parents who were buying it and telling us yep it's the best it's an you know Mm. a great book to because again because it's interactive it is because it's so interactive that it is I mean Kristen's you know uh, yeah my two-year-old loves this book yeah he pulls it out all the time (laughs) like he doesn't even realize it's totally mommy's book but it's just like uh, well yeah but I mean even then he still like likes to do the wheel Mm -hmm. he wants to touch Mm -hmm. it wants to play with it so um so even though the language I would say uh fits more for that eight to twelve um Again, I think it's a great primer book of because of the colors and the, you know, how basic it is that, Mm -hmm. you know, again, five-year-olds, three-year-olds get it. You know, I mean, it's at least becomes normalizing, which is the whole point. And I, and I think some of it's right. uh, You know, the other feedback, I'm excited, right. We pull this book out all the time. Like, again, it adds a new conversation each time. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're reading it, right, I'm reading it to my two-year-old, we know the word vulva now, and that's great. You know, I think as we get a little bit older, we're going to learn more about right the uterus and the vagina. And I can connect some of these other concepts. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think for sure the book, as hopefully all period books, it was written for before you start your menstrual cycle, if you are a person who menstruates. Um, So you understand what's happening to your body before it actually happens. But I also think this book is certainly important for penis owners, because then you get to have some awareness and empathy and, you know, remove that fear factor. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like... I think lots of young kids, maybe not don't have like well formed questions, but you know, I feel like there's not very many parents who don't have that picture of their young kid, whatever their like sort of genitals that they have, like finding the box of tampons or pads in the bathroom and then like taking a picture and thinking it's cute. And it's like, you know, they're these products and this experience and these things are like around. So it might actually be really helpful. I know I've had parents say like, well, how can I tell them what a period is? Like they're still so young. And it's like, well, you could, there's this great pop-up book that like, I love the book. So I think it's great for that kind of thing well and we all know small children follow you to the bathroom so i mean same like we my child knows what a vulva is i don't i don't the word vagina has yet to come into i think really because there's no context for it yet mm-hmm. um but my right five-year-olds do though i okay. mean because they know you know they grew in mom's uterus and you yes. know so like so by five they've got a few yeah, more words yeah but he follows yeah. me in the bathroom and if i have my period you know i'll just say that you know i'm changing mm-hmm. my pad what I'm doing. And again, I think yeah. it's just normalizing that because it's not, none of these conversations are one-offs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So important. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that you sort of mentioned before when you were talking about Sarah's work and um, just anything else about, you know, how you made the book inclusive and that, and the like intentionality behind that. Yeah, I think some of it, I mean, honestly, was just making sure some of our characters were appeared, right, non-binary and. um, Yeah, just different body shapes and, you know, one's got pink hair and, you know, I mean, it's just, Mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's and then again, the intentionality behind, you know, there were a couple times figuring out how to make. I mean, not saying she or her was pretty easy, but there were a couple moments of trying to figure out. Um, I don't remember where it came up exactly, but again, just being really intentional that it was not to not use gender or, pronouns. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Is, right. You know, just a small little thing, but can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. And I feel like most people like, you know, again, you sort of mentioned like naysayers, but I feel like most people, if they like picked up a book and read through it and they weren't thinking about that, like you wouldn't even they notice that they, they that those words You're, were missing. Right. Yeah, like yeah. it's just the way that the book is written. It's not. Yep. Yeah. It's like a small, but really, really big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I I like definitely hear your point around like, it doesn't matter for people that it doesn't matter for, but for the people who do, who don't see themselves in other books, it's like, so it's so important. So like, why wouldn't you make a book that it could include those people so they can have their experience reflected back to them? So, and I think the other uh, part is, again, we have these, some of these books in our resources that are more than a 101 because again this is very minimal kind of information even though it covers a lot of stuff is the characters are the ones moving the conversation along in the book there's very i don't think there's anywhere it's from a narrator's oh yeah we made sure not because we initially were like oh should we have like like an adult in the book or a doctor Mm -hmm. like the the narrator or the speaker and we were we decided ultimately no why do we need why why can't they be their own experts and um, yeah. And again, that gives the same, like when you're in a classroom or the idea of this book being pulled out, like at a slumber party, you know, where you have this like group of, you know, again, eight-year-olds that might, you know, one parent has bought this book and it, again, very accessible. And it shows a group of, you know, kids hanging around and talking about these things in a way where they could, they were asking each other these questions and, um, mm. It's not the answers. Yeah. So um, yeah. again, so that was a very intentional part of trying to make it inclusive instead of being talked to, uh, talked at by an adult, mm-hmm. and instead, you know. Yeah. And that's better. that's like one of the main ways that people do learn information too, mm-hmm. right? Is like, or like I could picture some of the characters in your book as being like the people who had this book at home, and then they're sharing the information yeah. that they learned with their friends who are asking the questions whose parents haven't bought the book yet. So yeah. everyone just buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and part of it being short, sweet, and fun too. There's there are some wonderful like puberty books out there, but many of them are a hundred pages and. Mm. Importantly, cover other important stuff like BO and acne. and But we were like, no one wants to read 100 pages on BO and acne and periods. And so part of this was like, how do we make this, you know, again, short, sweet to the point, but also that you might pull it out of sleepover because the reality is it's funny, right? Yeah. The pulling out a giant pop up of a vulva is something that makes kids giggle. And and we want them to giggle. I don't, I mean, we don't care. Have some fun with it, right? Mm-hmm. Bodies, bodies are weird. Bodies are cool. Bodies are funny. And so- like, yeah, let's normalize. So if a kid pulls it out because they think it's funny and then their friend reads it while they're in the bathroom, you know, and learn something that's even better. Yeah. And then you can go to the resources that give more detail yeah. and, you know, are longer. So like, this is this. We wanted to make a book that you were more likely to pull out at the sleepover and yeah. that, mm. you know, might actually get from the first page to the last page before people get bored with it, kind of. So. Yeah. 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 That's definitely, that's, that's really cool. I like that. Um, you talked a bit about the, like having the different, like the mini book again, didn't know that's what it's called, but that's great <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the inside. But what, what made you sort of want to include all of those different phases? Cause I think about, um, like the sex ed that, um, is offered to a lot of people that doesn't include that, right. It just talks about like, you will menstruate, you'll get a period and then, and then that's kind of it. So what did you think that would be, I mean, why, why was there like an intentional choice to put that 
those I mean, phases. Some of this in. was some of this I th- would say comprehensive, right? And thinking about mm-hmm. that, some of it I think goes back to that primer piece too. That like I can have my two year old right looking at the wheel and stuff, but when we're ready to have a conversation about you know how's the baby made, right? There's some context that there's an egg and this is what a uterus looks like and mm-hmm. this is the lining of the uterus, right? So I mean, we get you get to you get to draw upon other stories and and information, I think, from having this. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. again, if you're also then eventually having the conversation about, um, you know, protection during sex, right? Like, so then you mm. again set the primer already because there is this egg that occurs before your period, which is also the part where it's like, technically you can get pregnant before your period, right? Like if you've never had one, Um mm. Yeah, I mean, just so again, setting this primer that like the first thing that actually happens isn't that you bleed and now you can have babies, you know, or like a person, but it's actually because of something that happens before you bleed. Which is is why we change the order again, because it starts with that dropping of the egg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah. The other piece is that it, you know, it's vaginas and periods 101. And so if all we do is talk about menstrual products, but you don't have any idea why you have a period, right, then that's really confusing. So a big piece of having the mini book is that one of the characters says, I think on the same page, you know, why? What is a period anyway, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, why, why is am it? I yeah. Dying? yeah, they're like, am I, you know, where's all this blood coming from? Am I dying? And they said, mm-hmm. no, the page to find out why you get your period and learn more about the inside of your body. So it's just, okay, make it not as scary as well. You know, I mean, there's a reason that you are bleeding once a month, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think like, and I like that the pictures are sort of like, you know, like, you know, realistic, as realistic as you can get with like a a drawing, obviously. But um, (laughs) that I was teaching about periods last week or the week before um and somebody in the class it was like grade sixes and they made the comment of like it's so gory and then it was like a good segue to talk about that like period blood is like the one kind of blood that isn't actually associated with any like violence or harm like there's nothing wrong right when it when with when period blood happens so it's it's good to sort of talk about it and and differentiate it from like other types of blood and sources of blood and Mm -hmm. yeah um I, I think another thing that we started when we were talking about, um, you know, this being a resource and it can be like a conversation starter. Um, do you as sort of like the authors or like obviously like as educators and 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 parents too have any like thoughts or words of encouragement for caregivers who are like nervous about starting conversations about periods or vulvas or vaginas? I mean, my quick answer is just do it. But my longer <laughs> answer is like, I... My, I grew up, my mom and I are very close and my mom was always that mom who was like, you can talk to me about anything. You can talk to me about anything. And, and I think she meant it, but I was not going to do that because it was embarrassing and awkward. And I had my own like shame and guilt, right. And because of society and stigmas. And so when my mom would bring up topics, I would talk to her, but if I had to be the one to bring it up, I wasn't going to do it. And so I think some of this is truly role modeling that you are a trusted, safe, askable adult. And it's not enough, periods or otherwise, right? It's not enough to say, you know, if you ever get drunk at a party, call me and I'll pick you up, right? Because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to call you, Mm -hmm. you know? But I think it's, you've got to, I mean, and it can't just be that one-off conversation, right? It's that continued dialogue and really showing that you are a safe, trusting, askable adult 
um, and that you can have these conversations and you're not going to be shamed or get in trouble or, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I would say the other thing is, again, it doesn't have to be this big sit down lecture talk that there are. It maybe shouldn't be. It shouldn't. It shouldn't <laughs> be. That, no, I mean, it should. There's lots of opportunities, even on any given day where, again, they find your tampons or whatever in the bathroom. Okay. That here's an opening for the conversation. Even just things like, you know, oh yeah, I grew in mom's tummy. Actually, you grew in my uterus, which is, you know, a special mm. place for babies to grow. So it's like, you know, just, it, and that can be it. It, it doesn't have to last mm-hmm. more than one couple you know, seconds, couple seconds, one <laughs> sentence, and then we can kind of move on. And then having these kinds of books around um, that they get to pick up off the shelf oh, yeah. whenever they want. Like, so that's the other um, the two points where it doesn't have to be some big event, but there's lots of little opportunities, the same way that we teach our kids to say please and thank you and to learn where we put things back. I mean, it's just, it's not one conversation. It just, it happens all the time, a little bit at a time. So, yeah, I like that message of, of sort of actions speaking louder than words, I guess, of like, it's one thing to say, like, you can ask me anything, or we can talk about this when you're ready. And it's another to actually show them that like, you can actually look, we're just right. doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we just well, walked by the pads in the grocery store. And I yep. said, Oh, look, those are the pads that are the same as that book we have at home. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and again, I think some of it's people for parents working through any of their own shame, right? That mm-hmm. like, you know, if kids sees the tampons, like, oh no, that's not for you and shove it back in under the bathroom pant and just go, oh yeah, that's my tampon. I mean, it you it, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Yeah. And I if mean, it is, you know, figure out how you can work through that. <laughs> my kids just think that they're, you know, like using them as rockets in the bathtub during bath time. So, I mean, it's- They're like, multifunctional. They're multifunctional, you know? I mean, yeah. they great, you that's know, right. they they're these cool, great sponges. And so again, that's the thing where like, I now have these two little penis owners who play with tampons in the bathtub all the time, you know, because they just think they're fun. But that means as they get older, and then they can be the kind of, you know, adults or, you know, teens that maybe have tampons in their backpack for a friend who needs them, you know, so it's like, because they're already Mm -hmm. very normalized and not this hidden gross thing that you know mom yeah 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 this is on dads too to be clear yes right (laughs) i was saying mom no no i know i know you are and that's why i jumped in i was like mom dad doesn't need to hide the tampons either yeah Yeah. Yeah. but like dad can also go buy the tampons at the store or whatever whoever anybody can that's the point anybody can (laughs) yeah yeah they're just free they're just available they're just like just like the paper towels we just need (laughs) to get some right like (laughs) the aisle is overwhelming but i think that stereotype of like uh like a a air quotes like man being overwhelmed in the pad aisle is just like but like whenever if i go down that aisle i too am like what you know what that's true but here's my thing so gender specific but so is the soup aisle right like it's Five thousand things, and I, I don't know. Deodorant. I'm like, why are there so many deodorants to pick from? I know. So yeah, yeah. I, know. I just do the screenshot. I send it to him. I'm like, find this box right here or whatever. So yeah, anyway. Barb and I call that match to sample in our right. world. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Take a picture, match it up. Yep. Um, 
the kind of like last question that I have, which like, I feel like I need, we need to like reframe the order in which we ask these, cause this is maybe like a negative way to, to end, or maybe we can flip it to a positive, <laughs> okay. but, um, are, is there anybody that you would not recommend re- reading your book? <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, think so? I, you know, my, my nine-year-old nephew asked, you know, fully aware that, you know, weird auntie, like Annie Kristen wrote this, you know, co-wrote this book and, you know, I don't remember this was a while whatever it came up or something about the book though and he you know made it why what do I need to read that for and I said well I said you know you have three sisters you have a mom I said your best friend is a girl identifies as a girl right and is a girl and so you know I said so you probably know people who have vaginas right well yeah okay well so (laughs) the -hmm. reason you need to read the book is so you can also understand that like you know, this is something that's happening to people that you know and care about. And back to Christian's point of like, so that you can be the the kid who, yeah, has a tampon in your backpack or is willing to like, you know, if you're at Target with your friend that you guys can go down the aisle and it's not a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the recommending to literally anyone is just to destigmatize things. Yeah. And it's been also cool, right? This book is written, I think, for younger a younger audience, but I've had plenty of adults who said, Oh my God, I learned something too. I'm like, great. I love that. We yeah. want, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And yeah. we can all learn like, something. Boomer generation is like, oh my gosh, I wish I'd had this book. Yep. And I mean, even millennials, but still it's like, I mean, that's a big We've heard that happened. a lot. I wish yeah. this book existed when I was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I even have like a friend of a friend told me that like, she, she's like, anytime I have guys over my house, I pull this book out and make them all look. And like, <laughs> you know, and they're in our, you know, late thirties, forties. And so, yeah. You know, Apparently she's showing it to all these men in her life or whatever, you know, dads she's meeting or something like Mm -hmm. that. So, and I, oh, oh, and the other part I would say is like for single dads in particular, I do think that this is a particularly great book too, because it kind of, um, I'm, you know, obviously we wrote it, so I think it's a great book, but you know, um, I've had some single dads that have really appreciated the simplicity and even Mm -hmm. for their own sake of like, what are the menstrual products, you know, just learning their own 101 kind of so um i think like the the pop-up style makes it really like accessible for people who might be like nervous to bust out like a book that is like a little bit more text heavy and like not a lot of pictures right that it is just like it's fun in what in some ways it's accessible to two-year-olds but in some ways it's accessible to somebody who's like you know, just like, oh, I'm feeling awkward. And like, oh, isn't this right? Like at the sleepover, the the dad who doesn't have a vulva, the like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just like, oh, there's a pop-up. Like that's, have you ever seen anything like this in a book in your life? Exactly. No. And we're just having a like a fun time kind of like laughing and mm-hmm. getting that discomfort out yeah. through laughing sometimes. That's exactly. really helpful. Yes. And that's exactly why, yeah, it's okay to laugh about it. Again, bodies are weird and awkward and we don't talk about them enough. So they're weird and awkward, right? Like, Mm-hmm. you know and sometimes they are funny sometimes they make funny noises and stuff yeah. so you know it's we love that we I love the giggles even my nieces still right they've yeah. seen the books how many times and they still giggle when they pull it out and it's, it's cute I mean I can throw out the reason why the reason why this is going to be in my like arsenal of things that I use is because I think there's particular benefit for like non-readers right like mm-hmm. I can explain what on earth the menstrual cycle is to somebody who can't read the words yeah. in a way that is sophisticated enough to, you know, 
capitalize on like you can understand this you just can't read the words as they're coming out so i think this is going to be massive so and that's my two cents yeah no and i think that's great considering you know someone maybe cognitive cognitive disabilities or something but also for just again younger people because you don't you can have as much or as little of the conversation as you want right Mm -hmm. if if you have a non-reader you get to dictate the dialogue Mm -hmm. Mm yeah yeah Yeah, super helpful Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want us to know? Well, about? Yeah, we yeah. should. We should do some humble brags quick. Yeah. Yeah, do it. We, <laughs> we I mean, the biggest question that we get asked, have been asked for the last couple of years, um, when's the penis pop-up book coming out? And the very long story short on the last couple of years, um, you know, we can blame some of it on pandemic and stuff, but um, that it's been put on hold, but we have paid our deposit to the paper Smith pop-up folks and we are getting started on our penis pop-up book. And this um, year we're working. So, on yeah. It. So either late this year, early 2024, it will be out. So we'll certainly be doing another Indiegogo, um, as we get closer to raise funds so we can, mm-hmm. we can bring that to fruition. Um, now the project though, that will be out before that, yep. just to give a little bit of a plug here is we are writing a um sexuality manual um that has 25 lesson plans in it and it is written for both educators and parents so each lesson plan has then a modifier within the lesson plan that a parent could do with their kids so in theory you could so it's written for k through third mm-hmm. because there's just a not a lot of sexual sexuality manuals out there um it's all again tends to be through fourth and up um and so it's you know covers the body emotions um communication which is like playing mother may i as a consent game um cool. doing Diversity. There's diversity. So there's talking about, you know, reading the I am jazz book. So yeah. there are 25 different lesson plans in it. And um, literally we're, we're just editing. We're editing it right now. We're Final hoping, touches. Yeah. Um, we're hoping that spring? one will be out. I think spring, spring? early summer at the latest, but spring. Yeah. And will you announce that kind of stuff on your website, the sexedtalk.com? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And on our Instagram, Instagram. is probably even better is um, following <laughs> the vagina pop-up on Instagram. Yeah, your Instagram is great and you're super like active on there. So I, I love that. Yeah. So we'll we'll link to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, amazing. For and I... So. I will also put in a link to the Indiegogo, which I, um, apologies at the beginning That's said okay. Kickstarter, but so we'll okay. link to that because people can get the book still through there. And I know for me in Canada, yes, because of like the shipping it. stuff that Indiegogo is the best way to do international yes. non-USA anyway, Correct. orders. Yeah. If people, well, either way, if people want multiple books, you can email us because we can, you know, figure out the shipping, make it more cost effective. Um, right. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. But we do have somebody who sells it in Australia. We have somebody who sells it at their bookstore in Ireland at this point. And Israel soon. Israel's about to buy a shipment of books. And cool. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's been cool. It's yeah. been fun. So amazing. I think that's been one of the coolest things. You all are an example. One of the coolest things of this project too has been all the amazing people we've met. Yeah. yeah. Um, quite literally around the world. And mm-hmm. and it's really neat when we're able to interface and so community. That's yeah. that's the coolest yeah. part, I think, is building this community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. Um, Barb's gonna do our little outro and and then that's it. Thank you again. No, thank you. 
Fox. Sex Ed Book Review is a collaboration between Landa Fox and Barb Gross, and the views and opinions expressed on this podcast should not be a substitute for professional or clinical advice. Find us on Instagram at Sex Ed Book Review and at www.sexedbookreview.com.